River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Friday edition of Night or Nuts. I am Dan, here along with James and Eric. I'm pointing the wrong way, but say hello, gentlemen. How are you doing? Go Phillies! What's up, everyone? Yes, baseball season is almost upon us. We are just still freshly healing our wounds from the Super Bowl, but we're going onward and upward. Uh, Guys, I'll address my tag in a little bit uh, because we are taking next week off, but we'll talk more about that at the end. What we're doing today, we don't have anything betting-wise for today's episode. Instead, what we're doing is still taking a preliminary look at our free agent list. If you guys watched us on Wednesday, we talked about the wide receivers, uh, Juwan Jennings and Brandon Ayuk, and then we also talked about the the D-line, Brady Gregory and Chase Young. Now today, we can dive a little bit deeper into other positions. Uh, Obviously, there's tons of positions that we can look at um just glancing at it right now uh obviously we have some need at depth at tight end we need some depth at linebacker now that we don't know when Dre greenlaw is coming back uh we don't know if we're going to resign um gip to be a strong well i don't know which safety he is but we don't know if we're going to resign gip and we don't know how healthy how who funga is we need safeties um i'll open it to you guys which of the many positions uh we should address first like which ones stand out to either of you guys well i i mean i guess i would go with the safety position then if you want to open it up with that um i think it's interesting it's an interesting position we're in with hufanga being injured and gibson being a free agent also ryan being a free agent since we brought him in uh midway yeah, ryan the clark. uh logan ryan um or- Sorry, yeah, yeah, Logan Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Clark would have been interesting to pull out of the ESPN booth. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I think it puts them in an interesting predicament because uh, obviously they want to play Hufanga, and I think they want to play Jair Brown. Um, and I would personally like to see that as the, you know, the the safety backfield, just have those two talented uh, young players back there and let them run loose. Um, we do still have Odom, uh, under contract, but he doesn't typically really play much actual safety. He's really just kind of a special teams guru, uh, blazing down there to make tackles from a gunner position. Um, we do have a couple of, uh, what appear to be practice squad guys, um, that are safeties as well that could potentially fill that role. But isn't Dawkins, Dawkins is one of them, right? Uh, there's a Eric Harris and a Taylor Hawkins. So yeah, uh, Hawkins Hawkins, when he played on special teams, literally every time he was out, I remember he would get flagged for like holding or roughness or like, so I'm cool (laughs) if we don't sign him back. Yeah. So, well, he's still under contract for next year. So, I mean, he'll be back, but, um, I, I don't know that you want to, I just, I don't know how long Hufanga is going to be out. I mean, It really depends on the timetable for him. If he's going to be ready at the start of the season, if the Niners think he'll be ready at the start of the season, then I think you just roll with Hufanga and Jair Brown and sign, you know, a couple of guys to just be backups or keep Harris and Hawkins to be backups uh, to those guys or whatever. If you don't think Hufanga is going to uh, be ready, then maybe you try to bring Logan Ryan back. Maybe you try to bring Gibson back again on another one-year deal i mean he seems pretty amenable to to doing that the last couple of years he's played on a one-year deal 
the last two seasons. And when he plays, he plays fine. I mean, I don't really have any complaints with Gibson uh, being out there. Um, I just don't think that we need to spend any real big money at this particular position. Um, I think probably the only. No, no, (laughs) you don't spend money on the back end. Oh, boy. Well, no, I mean, I don't think we need to bring in. I don't think we need to bring in a free agent at a high at a high cost. I, I think if we're going to spend money at that position, it'll be on Hufanga uh, because yeah. he's he's at a, a contract year where we can negotiate with him. And I think not necessarily to use his injury against him, but I think this is an opportunity where the 49ers can get him for a little cheaper than they could have previously because he is coming off of the knee injury. So perhaps they can get a little bit of a discount on a longer term contract with him. So to your point, James, yes, you do want to, you do want to pay for those back end players, but I don't want to bring in, I don't want to spend money on a safety. I would spend money on a cornerback. Um, we're not talking corners at this point, but if we were going to spend money on the safety position, I would spend that money re-signing Hufanga to a longer term deal um, with hopefully a little bit of a cheap discount. Cause he's hurt. Okay. I, I personally think that we're, we are going to use that against him. I, I mean, it may it may mean we end up losing him to free agency plus signing Brock next year, but I I really don't know. I because we've had signings that were shockers, like a uh, Hargrave didn't think Hargrave was going to get signed, and then we signed Bosa in the same. So like, it's we're we're not uh, <laughs> we do still free wheel money, so I we may sign him, but um. I don't know. I could see us definitely make him use this year as a prove it deal and then try to sign him and Brock in the same off season, which good luck. But um, I mean, that's just me. I think that's what's, I, th- I just personally think that's what's going to happen. Like just for the I, sake I of just, cap. But yeah. I, agree, I agree. I agree. Hufunga definitely deserves a contract. I just, it's really unfortunate. I, I think he got injured early enough that probably we don't need to worry about his injury, but I mean, I, I, I I can't remember what week he tore it in, but uh, but no. Otherwise, I do agree with you. Like we don't need to. Maybe we can entice Gibson to come back on a one year deal because he has done it so many times. But um, but yeah, James, what were you gonna say about Hufunga? Well, I mean, if if we don't sign Hufunga this year, and basically he goes next year without a contract, and then he's in his free agent year, and then you have Purdy in his free agent year. Um, well, John's going to need to do something before then. He's either going to, he's either going to either franchise tag one of them, or he's going to need to come up with a deal before they get to the off season, at least with one of them to ensure like he doesn't have to tag anybody. Cause I've talked about how when you tag somebody, that means you're a bad organization. And so you, you, you want to avoid the tag altogether. We and usually so- don't. You don't tag. Yeah, I know you don't tag, but that's the situation you could have if John drags his feet on this like he did with Debo, like he did with Bosa. If he drags his feet on it, then yeah, if he doesn't get a if he doesn't get a Purdy deal done, if he doesn't get um you know a Hufunga deal done, then you're looking at having to tag somebody or losing somebody in free agency. And like Eric said, if you can if you can try to get them on a discount this year, you want to do it. And I would say you would want to avoid him even going into the contract year because basically, yeah, you're, you're going to end up with a very sticky situation where you are defensive minded, but you're also got your, your 
future franchise quarterback up for a contract. So um, I would imagine that at least one of those deals gets done before the end of next season uh, to avoid having to tag anybody. Yeah, yeah. the last time, last time we tagged somebody was Gould, like four years or maybe three years ago. We tagged Gould, um, but no, we've tried very hard with John Lynch to never use the franchise tag. Yeah, Hufanga is a free agent next year. Purdy is a free agent in two years, so they won't overlap in that scenario, kind of where you were talking about James. Okay, um, but I I think that if Hufanga doesn't re-sign to a contact extension this year. I don't think we'll be able to sign him in regular free agency because someone will pile up, especially if he comes back and 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 plays well all season long next year, which I anticipate that he will. Um, someone will pile up a dump truck full of money for him, and yeah. we won't we won't be able to match that. So if yeah. we don't sign him to a new deal now and get him uh, locked in beforehand, we won't be able to afford him uh, in a free agency situation. So yeah. I, I mean, the I brain- think. That, I Brandon's going to be a priority. I'm sorry, Brandon. I was just saying, Brandon is definitely going to be a priority over him when we agree. Yeah, he's got to be the number one priority. Figure, yeah. Figuring out what to do with Brandon, I guess, uh, is the priority. Whether you're going to sign him or you're going to trade him away, you have to figure that part out before you can figure out the rest of it. Right. Yeah. I just, I'm just thinking like under my head, like, who am I going to try to sign first? Like, I just. Sorry, Pufunga, Brandon. Like, <laughs> it's not the even if he wasn't injured, I would try to sign Brandon first. But, but yeah, no, it's it's a very weird situation. With it's not a dire situation at safety, luckily. But I don't know. I would like to see a spring get back, even if it's just for depth, and we try to start Jair over uh, over him. Um, but that's got me thinking about the rest of the backfield, though, because if I'm not mistaken, uh, did I click the wrong one? Yeah, the. Uh, I'm trying to see the uh, our corners, and I'm clicking the wrong one. Because well, if one of you guys can beat our me co- to it. Our corners are in pretty much the same kind of situation. Ward is locked in, um, but he's on the last year with without counting three void years. Isaiah Oliver is on his last year without counting three void years. Uh, Ambry Thomas is on his last year. He's a free agent next year. Lenore is on his last year. He's a free agent next year. Womack's got two years. Uh, Daryl Lutter has three years. And then Kimon Hall, who I don't even know who that dude is. He's got one more year and he's a restricted free agent. So that's all we have for cornerbacks. So we're in kind of a messy situation with corners as well. Um, I mean, you're not going to be able to extend Ward at all. That's not going to happen. So I don't know what you're going to do at the cornerback position as well either. I mean, they may just have to ride it out with the corners that they have and just hope for the best. I personally wouldn't I wouldn't sign Thomas to an extension if I had the opportunity to do so. I guess I would have to look deeper at Lenore's stats. Lenore played really well for the second half of the year this year, but he played mostly in the slot. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I guess I would be interested at whatever the price was for him. I guess I would at least talk to him about it, but we really, if we were going to spend free agent money, kind of cycling back to where James and I were, were talking about earlier, if I was going to spend free agent money on the back end, I would spend it on the cornerback position and I would go out and I would, break the bank to bring in some 
big time cornerback from somewhere uh, to fill in that slot opposite Ward because I think if you can do that, you really help the the defensive side of the ball tremendously. If we could trade for Sertan, we'd have to trade for Sertan because he's on a big contract, if I remember right. Um, free agent, though, Chicago's the number one. I don't know who's behind Chicago's corner, but Chicago's corner is um, they have a corner that's a that was trying to get traded in October. But now he's an outright free agent. I don't I don't know who's courting him at the moment. Uh, we're still a week or two away from the legal tampering period. Um, <laughs> yeah, but. But yeah, the I love legal tampering because that, <laughs> just means, that just means they're tampering before legal tampering. That's, <laughs> right. that's just all that's going on. Well, yeah. all the, the tampering is going to be happening a block away from me because we are blessed to still have the combine, I think, for another eight years or something like that. But um, so I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I should do some snooping for us. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was I was interested in what you guys thought about the offensive line being the fact that uh, the offensive line in the Super Bowl basically uh, kind of hurt you in the mm -hmm. fact that they couldn't, they couldn't figure out a way to stop uh, Chris, you know, Jones. Chris Jones. Um, and I'm looking at how much money you have in the offensive line. Um, it's and, not and it just, a lot. It's not Brandon. a lot. And like, I don't know, like me being from Philly and just everything all, all resources go to the offensive line for the most part. I'm looking at this thinking what happened in the Super Bowl and is John going to go out there and see if he can get, you know, maybe somebody better at the interior of that line, whether it be guard center or guard, you know, somewhere around there uh, to maybe, you know, put some experience on the line and, um, you know, get somebody in there that, you know, is very reputable and can, you know, stop or do a better job at defending someone like Chris Jones. There needs to be yeah. competition for Burford. I would love to see us re-sign Feliciano because Feliciano was awesome until he got his uh, arm injury. I don't know what the injury was, but it was in his arm uh, in the Super Bowl. That's why Burford was out there on that last play that he just let Chris Jones just fly past him. And he admitted that he screwed up that play. Um, so no, some, some competition needs to be there for Burford. Some competition, competition needs to be there for McKivitz. So he doesn't have to rely on chips from Kittle because no, McKivitz wasn't really cutting it that well either. Like if yeah. just one-on-one, -on -one. but, um, but I don't know. I know Feliciano's up there. Feliciano's my age. I think he is 32. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's a free agent this year. So yeah, we had him on a one-year flyer and he, yeah. he earned every single penny. So I, I would like to see him come back, but I, given his age and it was a one-year deal, I, I'm not betting on it, but there's got to be some competition for both sides of the right line for sure. I just don't know who. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't, I haven't looked at the available free agents that there are for center and guard uh, coming up in the season, but that, you know, that is something that, you know, needs to be worked out. Um, you know, I think before, you know, coming up in this free agent market, coming up in the draft, um, just getting better there because, um, you know, really, you know, we talk about resources and where would you spend money, uh, on resources, uh, you know, being the philosophy that we see in Philadelphia, it's put as much resources as you can 
into the offensive and defensive line. And you guys have put money into the defensive line, uh, but looking at your contracts and stuff like that, like I'm just like, who's a free agent? And I'm like, wow, there, there's a giant disparity between left tackle <laughs> and the rest of the offensive line. You know, why? Because our left tackle makes more than the rest of the offensive line combined. I mean, Liter- literally six, our most, or no, eight, Nick Bose. 11. He makes nearly three times as much as the rest of the offensive line. And he, He's now our second most expensive player because of Bosa's contract. But until Bosa was signed, he was our most expensive. And while Trent Williams is a great player and worth $31 million, he's starting to get up there. And yeah. we see what happens to the 49ers if Trent Williams is not in the game. Yeah. 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 It's really uh, bad. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know what? I totally agree with you guys. And I was going to get to this as as the next point of whenever we got to there was that I agree that the offensive line is the next place that they need to spend uh, money at. And I'd like to see them spend money on a right tackle. Um, totally agree with, I think Dan, it was you that said that McKibbitz, um needs some competition on that side. Um, unfortunately, whenever we, we play teams that have a good uh, defensive end that lines up across from him, we have to keep Kittle in to assist and help block and help chip and things like that. And while Kittle is fantastic at that, don't get me wrong, he does an amazing job. um, That limits what we can do with Kittle from an offensive perspective. I mean, we've seen numerous games where, uh, you know, you're kind of watching and you're like, man, why isn't Kittle involved? You know, where's Kittle at? You know, why aren't we, why aren't we throwing to Kittle? And then, you know, the broadcast will show, yeah, the broadcast will show a replay and he's pancaking somebody. And I mean, like, it's great that he's pancaking the crap out of some sort of, you know, defensive lineman or whatever, but, I want him out there running routes and getting open and being the, the big thousand yard receiving tight end that, you know, we really signed him up to be. Uh, So, you know, when he has to stay in and do all that extra pass blocking, it's really a disadvantage for our team. So uh, I would love to see them bring in somebody out there. uh, And there are a number of offensive linemen that are available uh, this off season uh, as free agents. So, uh, if the 49ers have the ability to spend money, they can certainly go out and get some of those guys. Trent Brown is one of those guys we had in the past. Um, you know, he could theoretically uh, possibly come back and 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 be in that right tackle spot. The problem is, is that, you know, uh, offensive linemen require a lot of money. Uh, they're a valuable commodity. Good offensive linemen are hard to find and they're expensive. And so we're going to have to pay. Yeah, we're gonna have to pay. Philadelphia hard to find, just so you know. They're not. (laughs) So we're gonna have to pay a lot of money uh, to get one. And I don't pretend to understand the cap well enough to to figure out how they manipulate all that stuff to make it work and to make it go around. Uh, But you know, I like to think that the money is there if they really want someone to be there. Kind of like you pointed out, Dan. You know, we signed Hargrave last year after signing Bosa, and everybody was like, "How on earth?" did you do that? You know, and we somehow pulled it off. So I I feel like you can magic the money around somehow if you really want to make it happen. So the Rams uh, and saints proved you can do it. If you're willing to eat a bunch of crap, like three years later. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as I, as I look at this website that we're looking at and and see all the void years that are on these contracts for stuff. I mean, it it looks so many, it looks fairly dismal starting in like 2026, to be honest with you. Uh, But 
you know, if that's what they have to do to magic money around to get people in, I'm all for that because the window of opportunity to win is still right now. We've got we've got this year and depending on how the free agency signings go this year and how and who we bring back and stuff. Maybe we have one more shot again next year as well. Um, but the window is still definitely open next year if we bring people back um, and 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 keep people here. So I think that they need to continue the the model and the methodology of just going all in and going all for it um, because the the conference is there for the taking. They still on paper are going to have the best offense um, of any team uh, in the league at the skill positions or certainly one of the top two, top three. Um, and then defensively across the board, they're going to have one of the top two, three defenses, you know, position by position again. So, I mean, you can't really, you can't really fault them for just spending money and going and going for it. So I also find it interesting as we look at this, that, that Trent's on the hook for 31 this year, 34 in 25 and 37 in in 26. So we know big Trent's hanging around for at least three more years. He ain't, <laughs> he ain't walking away from a hundred million dollars in the next three years. So yeah. we'll have big Trent anchor in the left side of the line for at least three more years. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, I was trying to see, okay. We've only given him one void here. I thought we gave him more voids. No, um, no, he apparently yeah. doesn't take void years. No, yeah. that's why I was, that's why I was surprised that he restructured th uh, this past off season. Cause he hadn't restructured up to that point. Like even uh, with Washington, well. he didn't restructure, but I don't, I don't blame him for holding them to the fire with money. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. poo on the commanders and everything that they do. But yeah, I just saw this and I laughed. I was like, oh yeah, Big Trent's definitely going to be around till the end of 2026 season because he's got 100 million coming to him. That dude ain't going anywhere anytime oh, soon. Any no. talk of like, is Trent too old? Is he going to retire this season? Let me answer that question for you. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, was, and pulling it up, what was the total of that contract? Six years, one thirty-eight. Yeah, no, he's not. No, he, he ain't going anywhere until the end of the twenty twenty-six season. I don't care if he's got one leg; he's going to be out there at that left tackle spot. Yeah. yeah. Now I did. I did hear uh, from someone, my brother, we'll call him, uh, that there's a lot of good offensive tackles uh, in the draft this year. And I believe you guys actually have a number one pick, a we first do. round pick this year. And so number that 31. A, <laughs> yeah, that could be another way to uh, pick up somebody decent at the tackle position on the offensive line to give McKivitz uh, that competition. Because, yeah. I mean, like you said, Eric, you pay George Kittle and you don't want, I mean, Great that he can block, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, but guess what? You know, you need a right tackle that can do that. You don't depend on your tight end because you need a tight end to be able to open up your offense, you know, and that's when you have somebody on that side that the right tackle can't handle and you're using, you know, George Kittle, that's like tying one of your arms behind your back, you know, and, yeah. you know, limiting the offense, what you guys can do on offense, you know, and, yeah, I mean, they almost didn't have an answer for that, you know, if, you know, they almost didn't. And, you know, so I would, I agree with you, Eric and Dan, like, get somebody on that right side, like, put some, put some resources into that right side of the line. Uh, because, you know, if you don't have the bookends at the tackle position, um, yeah, you're, you're, you're really asking for trouble in the NFL. 
Yeah, and yeah. we saw in and we saw in games where teams had de- good defensive lines, Purdy was under a bit more stress and under a bit more duress. And you know, thank God he's more mobile uh, than performance enhanced Jimmy Garoppolo is. But, uh... <laughs> uh, let's just say it wasn't a performance enhancer <laughs> as more like pain reliever than a special card for. <laughs> I, you know, uh, on a separate topic, I don't, I don't know how dumb you have to be to do something like that and void your eleven million dollar contract. Like that's so, Dude. like you just flushed eleven million, just you just flushed eleven million dollars down the toilet. He got like, a, he got, a, he got a hundred fifty million from us. He's fine with money. Well, yeah. and you know, just so still, you know, just so you know, uh, the only way it could be a performance enhancer is if he's like a running back or he's running the ball and you have a giant chocolate bar in the end zone. Like, like that's the only way that that's a, a big bag of Doritos in the end zone. <laughs> a big bag of Doritos in the end zone. Like, that's the only way that's a answer. Oh, you might be right. Well, but well, anyways. It clearly, but it clearly didn't you. work. It clearly didn't work because he got benched. Yeah. But, but – Thank goodness Purdy's a bit more mobile uh, in there because he really is able to scramble around and find space and make, you know, make things uh, happen off platform, which was such a big difference maker for us, um, you know, with him under center, because otherwise we would have been decimated in a couple of those games where the line wasn't as good. And Purdy really made a lot of plays off script. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we saw the, we saw him struggle against good defenses. So, um, I mean, that was that was one of the things. And he, if he was under pressure, or you know, he he started to make a little bit of those mistakes in um, in those games. And you but look to at Eric's that, point, it could have been so much worse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you you look at the Super Bowl, the the you know not having a, enough good depth at the interior line, yeah. basically is what. Oh, you, you know, don't, don't remind me, James. <laughs> <laughs> don't remind me. It still hurts. It still hurts. Feliciano, if yeah, yeah, it's that depth. I, I don't know my opinion on Burford. I was really high on Burford until he got supplanted by Feliciano and it really showed me a lot. I Burford was not as good as I thought he was because Feliciano was just so Felicia. Not that Burford was bad, but Feliciano was so much better, especially for how old he is. I, I, I really hope we can sign him to a one-year vet minimum, whatever, like two and a half million it is, or would end up being. I love the I fact just... that you're calling him old and he's the same age as you are. <laughs> <laughs> My mom laughs when I do that too, like in football terms. Like, yeah. like I've had to explain to her that Tom Brady was literally like a walking skeleton and like uh, <laughs> Deshaun Gibson would be like 90 in football years because he's a yeah. bit older than me too. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I... I don't know. I'll stop gushing about Feliciano. I know we're running short on time. Uh, I just do want to ask, though, should we already have money invested in Greenlaw and uh, Warder? So basically, the, the because we typically only have two, sometimes three linebackers out, uh, it's just time for D. Winters to step up, right? Uh, we're not expecting to spend extra money in there. I mean, looking at what I'm seeing here on the contract list already, I mean, so one thing that I have heard is that Greenlaw is a candidate to get cut. Um, so they've, I've seen a couple of sites mention that just because he's on, he's on the hook for 9.6, um, is that they may try to cut him because they need that cap space. Now there's talk that they may attempt to perhaps bring him back at a lower number once they do cut him, but there is some rumor 
that he's a possible cut candidate. Um, so I would personally hate to see that, but That'd if, be it's a shame. A, if it's a numbers game, that may be what ends up happening. Um, but looking at the, the chart here, I mean, we've got three other guys signed. We've got Beal, we've got Winters, and we've got Graham um, all signed at the linebacker position, and they're all signed for multiple years. So I don't really know. We've got another guy, Robinson, signed. So, I mean, we've got a plethora of linebackers who – have the easiest job in the world because they never see the field behind Warner and Greenlaw. So, I mean, I don't know why we wouldn't just roll with those guys, especially if Greenlaw does come back. Uh, I would just roll with those guys and and see what we see what we have there behind behind Warner and Greenlaw and just hope that, you know, they're healthy enough and they fill in. I mean, I, I'm a big believer in that your stars are your stars for a reason and that your stars have to play and that, you know, there, there are some guys that are irreplaceable anyways. And, you know, to me, Warner is one of those irreplaceable guys. And, you know, if mm-hmm. he goes, if he goes down, it really doesn't matter who you have signed behind him. It really doesn't matter who else that you have playing. They're never going to replace him anyways. So I don't really, I don't really put a lot of stock into who you, who else you have on the bench behind him, because it's just not going to matter. They're not going to fill his shoes. They're not going to be as good. So it's kind of irrelevant. You know, the odds that the odds that you're going to have a, a Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady situation, you know, pop up with, you know, the position when somebody goes down like that, it's just so rare that I'm of the mindset that when you have these superstars at this position, most of the time, I don't want to spend a bunch of money behind those superstars because I don't, if they go down, they go down and we're probably just screwed anyways. Right. Like that's why we need a counter lucky stars that Purdy ended up becoming a pro bowler and a all pro or no, he wasn't an all pro, but that's why we need a counter lucky stars. We got Purdy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, John, John Lynch should uh, maybe play the lottery with uh, hitting on Brock Purdy with the last pick of the draft. I mean, like, come on. We're really good at the draft round three and down like historically that's a lucky pick but come on like he he thought like fred warner was third round kittle was fifth round yeah but those types of positions are normally you can find depth and good players at those particular parts of the round with those players nobody's picking a seventh round quarterback (laughs) to start and lead them to the super bowl Nobody's picking a seventh round quarterback. No, nobody. So that's that's what I'm saying. It's a lucky pick. If he really thought that Purdy was going to be what he is, he's taking him with a first or a second pick. Um, And that's, that's just the truth. Just like Tom Brady, lucky pick. Nobody expected him. You're talking about a guy who couldn't beat out Drew Henson at Michigan, you know, and then all of a sudden he's a six round pick and then he, he becomes what he is. So those are lucky picks. Quarterbacks in the late rounds like that are lucky picks. And yeah, yeah. right. He got uh, lucky. I, I do want to devote at least a couple of minutes of this of this podcast to uh, James's favorite player, Sam Darnold, and get your opinion on whether or not they should bring Darnold back or not, James. Oh, yes, that'd be a perfect tail into this before our sponsor. Yeah, Sam Darnold is an unrestricted free agent. So yes, thank you for reminding me, James. Will yeah. you should we bring him back? Yeah, why not? It's, I mean, come on, man. Not at five million dollars. It, it's the it's your backup quarterback. It you need like 
if there's any reason, if there's a position that you need to invest in decently, especially the 49ers with their history of getting injured quarterback and you're not spending money on the line, like all this stuff. Yes. You need a viable backup quarterback. And, you know, I mean, yeah, he goes out in the open market. Maybe he doesn't make $5 million or if he gets $5 million in the open market, John says, we'll pay you five. Like, you you need a viable backup. I still believe in Sam Darnold. Just you know, he honestly didn't look bad in the limited snaps that he had. Like I honestly, he really didn't. No, and tell me, tell me out there, who you? I mean, if you look at the backup quarterbacks in the league, who do you really want? You know, who? I mean, I don't want Marcus Mariota. You know, <laughs> like, I take I take Minshew, but he would be more than five million. I think he would be more than five million after the season he had. He's probably. All right. We've got. He, te- he technically. Wasn't all right, here player. Eric's coming out. Here we go. I got your. I got your list. All right. We got Cousins. He's not coming. Tannehill. He's not coming. No. Jacoby Brissett. He should start somewhere. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky. I would throw off a cliff. <laughs> uh, Tyrod Taylor. Now, I would take him. I would take Tyrod Taylor as a backup in a heartbeat. Yeah, he's he's pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. Uh, Marcus Mariota. Uh, no, not, you don't not, want Marcus Mariota. <laughs> not very good. Sam Darnold, uh, Drew Locke, also not very good. Uh, Baker Mayfield, he's going to go back to Tampa. Uh, Minshew Mania, I would too not expensive. really take. He only he's made three and a half. Too expensive, and he's he, going to want to compete for a starting job after the se- last year's season. Minshew only made three and a half million last year, which was less than Darnold. Uh, he's, he's too high profile to ex- he, he will ask for more it just not that's not going to work out tyler yeah. tyler huntley which is the backup in baltimore which i'm not interested in no uh joe flacco that we could have the joe flacco experience <laughs> uh jo- we could bring we could bring in james's other favorite quarterback joshua dobbs Josh oh, I Dobbs, yeah, bring I, in Josh I thought Dobbs. you were going to say Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> Josh so, Dobbs. I'm high on Josh Dobbs. There's Josh Dobbs. Then you've got Easton Stick. Easton uh, Stick, yeah. Which is a yeah. great name, not such a great quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Nate Sudfeld, who we've already had before and is trash. We did Blaine, that dance already. Yeah. Blaine Gabbert, also trash. Yeah. Josh, Josh Johnson, who I'll also throw off a cliff. <laughs> uh carson wentz could bring in carson wentz oh he plays too much hero ball dude no you don't want him uh no, carson wentz is a lo- bad, especially if you have a bad line <laughs> yeah. he's a lot he's a locker cancer too that's no i don't want him in that culture we have in the locker room yeah no. and now we're getting down into just guys that i mean are so irrelevant that you know we're down into like matt barkley's of the world and who cares about them so take yeah. note that you said like six quarterbacks between sam darnold and carson wentz i just wanted to <laughs> i just want to well, relish in that for a second well they're ranked by salary so carson wentz only made 1.3 million last year and uh, he rightfully deserves to make less than that so so i mean to to James's point, out of all of these guys on this list, there was only like two that I would be entertaining more or at least the same as Sam Darnold. So, but, I mean, I mean it's not, it's Darnold's not out of consideration for a year. You know, he's been in the system for the year. You get yeah. another year. 
behind you. I'm sure Don will pay, take a $5 million paycheck. And John, because you could, the thing about it is like you offensive line, defensive line, and we see how important a backup quarterback is in today's NFL. And you need, yeah. you need a viable backup quarterback. So, yeah, I guess I start a camp. I want to start a campaign to get Tyrod Taylor. He's a phenomenal leader. He's been voted captain a lot of times. I've never heard that. Like, I mean, we've seen he he does have a decent ceiling. I mean, he's forever a backup like Fitzpatrick, but he's got a leadership quality that would be perfect for a backup position and like another just source of veteran leadership because he's been in the league for what, like 12 years now? Yeah, but then you also have, I mean, Darnold's younger, you know, Darnold's younger and you could probably... I mean, fair. yeah, probably. I mean, he's probably settled into the fact that he's going to be a backup. You know, he's probably gotten to that point of career where he's pretty much like, I'm probably going to be a backup. So you, he's, he's a good guy to have on your roster because you know, he could be there for a while. You could, you could have him be your backup quarterback for a while. I'm sure he'll take the paycheck and, you know, you got some stability there with that. And, you know, I, I just say keep Darnold. I mean, there's no – I don't see a reason not to. Yeah, I mean, he's not Brock Purdy, yeah, but, I mean, still, like, how – like, Eric ran down the list of, yeah, you know, it's, it's quarterbacks. Bleak. It's bleak. And, and, like, at least we've seen that Darnold can sometimes make an athletic throw, you know, an athletic throw that is comparable to somebody like Josh Allen – to Lamar Jackson, to Jalen Hurts. In, in a pinch, he probably could play a whole game. Like, like in a pinch of like a two or three game stretch, like uh, Purdy pulled his hammy. Like, no, it was a little sample size, but I would think that he could win two of those games, if not three, depending on who they were. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. Sam did look capable still. And yeah, he's only, what, 28? Like this year's his age 29 season, something like that. Like Sam really Darnold young. is 26 years old. Yeah, the, he's 26. He'll be Get 27 out of here. He'll be, he'll, be 20, he'll be 27 by the time the season starts. But he's God, was he 19? Like was six he six years? Was he 19 when he was drafted? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think he, he was 20. He was 20 when he hit the league. Yeah, he was 20 or 21 when he hit the league. So I mean, I uh, as much as I like to as, as much as I like to poop on him for just being Sam Darnold and being objectively terrible for most of his career. James, you do make a compelling argument to bring Darnold back. So I guess I don't want to say that I'm fully aboard the Sam Darnold train, but I'm at least looking wistfully at the train as it goes by on the tracks. And I'm like, ah, okay, uh, I guess if, I guess if that's the train that we got to ride, that's the train that we got to ride. Yeah. And another year in Shanahan system, and I, I like that aspect of it, what you brought up there. I like that aspect that it's another year in Shanahan's system. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and like I said, like, I mean, you could keep bringing him back, keep bringing him back because, you know, he's probably reserved himself to be a backup quarterback and he's going to be 27. Like, you know, and he, he was a high pick. He has talent. It's there. Where did he go? He went to the Jets, who we see how they do with quarterback talent. They're not really good at making, you know, with creating a good quarterback with the talent they have. And then you also see the Carolina Panthers, you know, who don't do a lot with quarterback talent as well, you know? So, 
I'm, Shanahan is going to get the most out of him. He's with a coach that will get the most out of him. Yeah, I mean, if we're being realistic, we're probably going to get the equivalent of the Jimmy Garoppolo experience with Sam Darnold, right? I mean, that's yeah. probably what we're going to get. And I mean, I guess the Jimmy Garoppolo experience for everything that it was worth wasn't terrible. I mean, we made the NFC Championship game a bunch of times and we won a bunch of games. We now, technically got the, to a Super Bowl. I- yeah, <laughs> right. So, I mean, like, I guess if I had to, I mean, like, it's exhausting because you're like, okay, he's dropping back to throw. Is this one the interception to the linebacker? <laughs> Is this one the interception to the linebacker? Oh, no, this one was the interception to the linebacker. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, you know it's going to happen at some point in time every time that he throws the ball. Um, it was really interesting, like working myself out of that with Purdy at quarterback through this year. Like every time Purdy would drop back to pass, I was always like, oh no, here it comes. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, he actually threw that to the right person. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I guess it would just be the Jimmy Garoppolo experience remixed with Sam Darnold. So I guess it wouldn't be that terrible. Yeah. It would be a a pick just way deeper. Ah, instead of a five-yard interception, it's at least 20. <laughs> it's not just 10 yards over the middle. <laughs> yeah, at least at least you can change field position. You know, you can change field position with an interception. You know? Just a like, just an arm punt. <laughs> all right i'm in bring him back <laughs> i'm sold yeah I'm sold i don't ever want to see him on the field except for doing kneel downs in the fourth quarter but that's fine. <laughs> that's that's fine with me i yeah. think with that i don't think we could top anything i don't think we can top anything after that like we've no. covered basically damn near every position anyway so i think with that we need to talk about our sponsor that has been with us all last year. Uh, hopefully, it'll be with us next year. It is RoyalRetros.com. It's your go-to place to go get yourself an authentic throwback jersey, whether it's football or any other of the major sports, basketball, baseball, hockey. Royal Retros can hook you up. And for us 49ers fans, go check out their candlestick collection. It's curated with the Bay Area in mind. And you can use the promo code Shady Sports when you check out to get 10% off of your entire order. Again, Go to royalretros.com, check out that candlestick collection, and then use the promo code at Shady Sports to get 10% off of your entire order, not just candlestick uh, items. I want to make that clear. Your whole cart, 10% off when you use Shady Sports in the promo code section. It helps us out. It helps our parent channel, Shady Sports, out. Go check it out and get yourself an authentic throwback jersey today. James, what is going on with our charity? So, guys, if, um, as we've been promoting on the show all season, um, you know, we've noticed the disparity in news reporting from the NFL on its owners as compared to its players. Specifically, uh, with Jed York, uh, the COO of the 49ers, being implicated in an insider trading scandal with a company that used to help uh, students cheat during the pandemic. And then we also have the Houston Texans minority owner. Uh, who has been charged with very serious sexual crimes in Kentucky. And if you wonder why you haven't heard about this news, it's because the NFL doesn't care to tell you this news. And so we understand that, you know, the NFL has said that owner standards are supposed to be higher than player standards, but we all know if a player had done these things or had been involved in these things, 
we'd have nonstop news coverage about it. And so that's why we are saying owner standards are actually less than player standards and we want owner accountability. And to show you that we put our money where our mouth is, uh, we are selling t-shirts for charity. Now here we have our statement. If you wanna get on board with this statement and make this statement with us, $22.99 gets you that in a, in a t-shirt or we have different styles, different sizes. Next up, we have our podcast logo art. You'll find this on our YouTube profile, Twitter page, or you know Apple Music, or wherever you listen to us or get us on your feed. Uh, you can get this podcast logo art for $22.99 on a t-shirt, or we have different styles, different sizes in that as well. Next up, we have our alternate podcast logo art. I have this shirt, very good quality. $22.99 gets you that in a t-shirt, or we have different styles, different sizes of that. And then finally, our Niner Nuts mascot. How can you say no to a peanut eating peanuts while sitting on the couch cheering on the San Francisco 49ers? Buy a t-shirt, donate to a Kentucky Crisis Center today. All the proceeds go to charity. Google Niner Nuts Apparel slash bompire.com. First thing that shows up, donate to a charity. All the proceeds, we don't take any bit of it. Yeah, you know, we don't need any money. We don't want any money from these shirts. We want you to get a cool shirt while you're helping a family in need. All right, so the little news blurb. Uh, on Instagram, Charverius Mooney Ward said that he had surgery. He didn't say for what, but based on the name of the hospital that was in the picture, which was kind of odd to me, but um, there's speculation as to what he got. I mean, I don't know if it's really bad to speculate on air like this, but it based on what that place was, it probably could have been hernia core muscle surgery groin surgery like i wouldn't be surprised if it was groin personally because he was on the injury report for groin a handful of times but uh whatever he needed repaired i'm glad it got repaired and hopefully he's uh hopefully his rehab's not that bad so just uh shout out to mooney ward um hopefully this was just a minor procedure i hope we get to hear some cool story that he was playing with like some tear the whole time and he was still an all pro and a pro bowler <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that would be pretty. I mean, he was fantastic down the stretch at the end of the season. So I mean, he was. if he was playing with some sort of an injury and still playing at that high level, like big shout out to him because that was impressive as all hell. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. So with yeah. that, I'll explain briefly what my tag means. Uh, we are starting our off season schedule. What does that mean? Well, we're not going to be back until the th uh, the fifth. <laughs> I almost said third. Uh, yeah, we're taking next week off and we will be going bi-weekly, still three episodes on the on weeks. But uh, yeah, we're going every other week uh, starting on the 5th. So yeah, no episodes next week. Uh, give us some time to enjoy the off season and less pressure to write as much. <laughs> but yeah, this is what we did last year and the year before. Um, yeah, just giving you the heads up. That's the only uh, thing that's changing. Uh, we do have special we do have a special guest eventually coming down the pipeline uh, i don't want to spoil that because it's not technically locked in right james uh we're still it, it was the charity that we were supposed to, it's the charity that we're donating the t-shirts to um or the money from the t-shirts to uh we're still working in, uh we were supposed to have them on the show two weeks ago uh but then due to uh my health reasons we couldn't have them on and then uh, so I, I reached out to them. So we're just waiting to hear back from them when they want to do the show. So 
cool. Yeah. So no date to spoil there, but yeah, that's coming down the pipeline. Um, we have a lot of fun during the off season, figuring out some stuff. Like one time we did a movie review, we've gone out of our way to bring a lot of guests on like for the draft and then the, uh, start a free agency. Uh, but yeah, just uh, the big thing, like I put in my tag, this is our last episode for a week. And yeah, we'll be going on a bye week or yeah, bi-weekly starting well now. So yeah, we'll be back on the 5th. Yeah. So until then, guys, anything you want to say before we close out? Uh, outro music, River Road, Justin Muth. Later, y'all. We'll be back on the 5th. River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. River Road, where have all the women gone? Have they kissed her hand and waved you bye-bye? Have they thought about crossing your double yellow lines? River Road, they love the way you whine and cry.